0: Well, hey there, and welcome to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Blank. Excited that you're here. Once again, we have a guest who has become financially free with apartment buildings. Love these episodes as we're all about we're wearing the freedom shirt, financial freedom with apartment buildings. And we're starting to get more and more examples of people who do that every single day every single week. And it doesn't take more than a year to do it. Same thing with our guest Megan Lamke today. And she's going to talk about how her journey to financial freedom. And her and her husband really focused on paying down debt first. They had a lot of debt through their college education. In fact, they had $500,000 in debt that they paid off in five years. How did she do that? You're going to find out on the show. And then how did she pivot to investing her excess now that she paid it off uh, and not in the stock market or 401 k mutual funds, but in multifamily syndications? How was she able to get that comfort zone? How do you find operators? How do you vet those operators? And then how she got into active investing. It was so awesome for her and her strength was marketing that she did that in her corporate job. And so she started to focus on marketing as a strength to raise capital. Uh, And then we also talk about how she was able to significantly scale her capital raising ability by actually building out an entire thought leadership platform and all that entails. And we talk about that a lot recently as well. So really interesting journey that Megan has had over the last few years. And I'm really excited about that. Let's get right in and learn more about how Megan did it all. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your hosts, Michael Block. Megan, welcome to the show today.
1: Thanks, Michael. I'm so glad to be here,
0: yeah. so you have a really interesting story because you have, you know, achieved financial freedom in a very unique way. And you have decided to scale your syndication business also in a unique way. So mm-hmm. I, I want to I understand all of that. And I really like to understand, first of all, why people got started in real estate, because everyone's story you know, is somehow different, mm-hmm. but it all ends up in the same way that people really want to control their time. They want financial freedom. And so talk about at what point in your life did you start thinking about real estate?
1: Great question. So I started thinking about real estate when I was 10 years old. So I'm one of those anomalies that read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was in fifth grade. So no
0: way. Yeah, that's, that's, so, I would say if I could, if I could have a conversation with my younger self, I would have handed my <laughs> uh, the a copy of that book before it was published, and that was amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So when I was ten, my parents actually declared bankruptcy, and my mom mm-hmm. went on per- permanent disability. And my parents really struggled financially. And so I knew that I was looking for a better way out of the rat race where I could stop trading time for money. And so discovered that book in one of the entrepreneurial classes that we had about personal finance and was hooked.
0: That is amazing. So you were first. So that's amazing because I, I make my kids read all these books. Like, Dad, I don't want to read this. Read this book now, <laughs> <clears throat> you know. And 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 so you discovered this book, which obviously opened your eyes very early on. So how did that? How did that influence you as you were growing up? What decisions did you make based on that?
1: Yeah. So based on that, I got really involved in a couple of different clubs in high school. So entrepreneurship club, business professional of America, DECA, and really built up a great business network, even as a high school student, went to college, joined similar types of clubs, entrepreneurship club, graduated from college, and then really decided that in order to pay off the astronomical amounts of student loan debt that I had taken on, I would have to go work in corporate America and bust my butt and get out of debt before I felt comfortable leaving the rat race.
0: Right. Okay. So what did you do then? Did you get a job? Did you st- start selling lemonade? What, what did you do after college?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I got a job working for a fast growing technology company um, and then for a fast growing bank and hit president's club and mm. lived on less than what I made and used all of the profits or extra income to continue to pay down my debt and kept doing that until I met my husband and we went through, um, financial literacy class, and really started combining our finances and paid off $535,000 in less than five years, including a mortgage.
0: All right. That's amazing. Now you're fast tracking way too fast, uh, Megan. So we need to go hold on. So that's pretty cool. All right. So there's a, the there was the punchline, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but okay, on. first of all, why did you decide that you so you made President's Club? So yeah. first of all, why did you decide to get a job? Because obviously, you, you read, you, you, you drank a Kool-Aid of passive income, and then you really? decided to get a W2 job. Yeah. What was the thinking behind that?
1: So, the thinking behind that was I needed to get out of debt. So, I had signed up for $188,000 of student loan debt. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of debt. Private schools, private schools. Nice, nice. So, wow.
0: You have to sell a lot of lemonade to get out of that. I have to sell okay, a lot I of lemonade. I see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So you
0: you joined a bank. So when you made President's Club, is that associated with some kind of selling or account management? What What was your role there?
1: Yep. So I was selling. So I was working for a bank, selling refinances during the two thousand and eight refinance boom. So <laughs> to the refinance
0: was, boom, right? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs>
1: so I was working with real estate investors day in day out. Got to pick their brain on why they were refinancing now what else was in their portfolio how are they structuring their assets and their portfolio to best leverage what they had built so that's why or what I was doing why I took a w-2 job was the astronomical debt that I was in no one would lend to me with that kind of debt so being an entrepreneur you're at an uphill climb if you have nearly two hundred thousand dollars worth now, of debt.
0: What kind of what kind of skills in hindsight? What kind of skills did you learn during that uh, during that job that you felt uh, you know helped you in your real estate career?
1: Yeah, so so many skills. So just overall sales funnel management, um, being able to talk to anybody about anything, relationship building, following up, time management, all of the the basic sales introduction and and management type of skills.
0: You know, I find that people in a sales role of some sort it serves them very well for life in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's it's literally the, one of the highest paid professions if you can make, you know, money come from out of the trees. And in real estate, it's, it's, it's a little similar. You have to be very systematic, very mm-hmm. consistent, very systematic. Uh, and I, I just have, you know, conversations recently with people who I find out, you know, we're selling knives for Cutco or we're salesmen, you know, car salesmen or whatever. I worked for a financial advisor and I was like, and it was like kind of buy to buy. And those t- people tend to be super successful because you have to be consistent with analyzing deals, calling brokers, calling investors. It's like this, you know, it's almost like a grind. And if you're, if you're in sales, you're, you're taught. To, you got to grind, you know, it's gotta a numbers it game, yep. right? You got to grind it out. And so that's what you did despite the the recession.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. That's amazing. Despite the 2008 recession.
0: So you came out of that thing and you, you said that you started living below your means. Yeah. So you were able to, to, to pay down. So what does that mean? Are you guys eating macaroni and cheese and, you know, whatever? Like, what, is, what does that mean, living below means? Because here's the thing. I mean, most Americans don't live below their means, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, as their income goes up, their expenses goes up. They get a bigger house that requires a nicer car with a third garage. Mm-hmm. And so how did you and your husband manage that so that didn't happen to you? What did you guys do?
1: Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we did was we sold our nicer cars with the what? luxury additions and we bought cars for cash that would just run forever and we chose not to have a car payment. So even mm-hmm. to this day, I have the same car that I've been driving since we took the plunge to get out of debt.
0: Who influenced you to, to make those kinds of decisions?
1: Yeah, so we are really influenced by Dave Ramsey. And- oh yeah, sure, yeah. sure. And Michael yeah. Blunt. So <laughs> you better. Yeah, I love
0: I, I love Dave Dave's, Dave's message. <laughs> I sometimes my 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 son, you know, is, does some of the stuff, and we have these arguments about you know his view on on debt, and I try to explain to to my my son that the audience for Dave should not be touching debt with a 10 foot pole. That's why he says right. it. Mm-hmm. But I love his message of like, you know, living below your means. So you guys, um, you guys went through his, his program and, and, you know, swallowed a hook, line and sinker. And so it sounds like you were heavily influenced and you actually did it. You didn't just say, take it and go, oh, that's interesting. Let's buy that car. Mm-hmm. You guys actually sold your cars. That's amazing. Yeah. What else did you guys do?
1: Yeah. So we sold our cars. We sold Derek's motorcycle. We house hacked. So we bought, six bedroom house and rented it out to a bunch of our rugby teammates.
0: (laughs) You rented it out to who?
1: Our rugby teammates. So my husband and I played semi-professional rugby at the time. And so we all lived in this house together. We convinced them to help us renovate the house while we were all living there. So that was a hoot.
0: So, well, then let me get this straight. So, so, yeah. so, so was that your first house that you guys bought or that your second? That was our very
1: first house. So our so, very first So let me get this
0: straight. So, yeah. so instead of buying a house that you guys could, you know, raise your family and you guys bought a, a six unit and decided to rent to rent it out to your five best friends.
1: Yeah. So it love a it. single family home with six bedrooms. So we're all sharing a
0: kitchen, sharing ah, bathrooms. Okay. Oh my so, goodness gracious. Yeah. How did how did that work out? Why wow, so you got like five other you know, rugby players sharing a house with you? How did that work out?
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, they're some of our best friends to this day. One of them is my brother. Like, we were really selective about who we chose to live with us, and so set really great expectations for what we wanted living arrangements to be like. And they, was
0: that a Dave Ramsey idea, or is that something you guys came up with?
1: That was a Robert Kiyosaki thing. So, oh,
0: you know, love that. Look at you.
1: leveraging. So he always talks about mm-hmm. trading greenhouses and for red hotels and creating leverage. So if we're going to pay rent or a mortgage anyway, why not house hack or why not use those tenants or in our case, friends and family to help us do the BRRRR strategy. Uh,
0: Why did your, why did you and your husband agree that this was a good idea that you guys wanted to eliminate debt? Like, because again, it's very countercultural, right? And, and sometimes, you know, one of the two spouses like, yes, we need to pay off these debt. And the other one was like, no, we don't. We just need to make more money so we can afford, right? So why was it you and your husband got on the same page about that? Yeah.
1: So again, we went through in premarital counseling and talked about this. So. Me living through my parents' bankruptcy when I was 10, and then my mom passing away suddenly when I was 21. Uh, We just talked about how precious time was and how if you're in the rat race, you're working for corporate America, you don't have that freedom. You don't have that time freedom. You don't have that financial freedom to spend time with people that you love doing things that you love. And so we knew that we wanted to architect a different family legacy. And in order to do that and do it quickly, while we're still in our 30s, we knew the first step was we had to get out of debt. And then the second step, I'm sure we'll dive into, but <laughs> the first
0: step for well, you, us was getting out of You there. guys had a lot of, pers- you and your husband, how much debt did you guys have?
1: Yeah, so we had $535,000 of debt, including our mortgage on our house.
0: Okay, okay, so you included a mortgage on, on that on that house were there so that's that's a lot so you guys so you guys sold your cars, your house hacked is there anything else that you guys did t- we to try to
1: did the birth strategy and then I was working as a corporate sales executive and then also did a couple of other side hustles so I consulted for property management companies and did marketing for them. I got my real estate license I had a couple of other side hustles again doing marketing and sales for small businesses and really use all of that extra income, all of that extra side hustle to pay down debt really, really quickly.
0: So you paid everything off and how long did it take you to do it?
1: Under five years. So four months or four years, 11 months.
0: That's insane. So now you have the debt paid off and you're still maintaining your lifestyle, which means that now you're, you're starting to build up cash. Yeah. And how did your strategy shift from that point forward?
1: Yeah. So. Our strategy shifted. The When we paid off our house, we looked at what is our house even worth now that we've had tenants, now that we've done all these renovations and we found out that our house had more than doubled in value. We didn't have a mortgage. And so we were like, what do we do? Do we want to go and rinse and repeat this and get a whole bunch of single family homes or a couple of duplexes? Or could we just bite the bullet and go, like Robert Kiyosaki talks about, go buy a red hotel right away or go invest in an apartment building right away and try and match my corporate salary. And so we sold that house. Did you really? We did. And we took the oh. plunge. And then we started investing all of the equity in multifamily syndications.
0: Now, what made you comfortable, first of all, and what did you move into after that? I yeah, once you sold that house.
1: After that, we moved into a single family house.
0: A normal single family house. Yep, a
1: normal, like, run-of-the-mill, middle America, mm-hmm. single family house. 1900 right. square feet, nothing extravagant.
0: All right. So, that's cool. So, so when most people have money to invest, they normally stash under 401k or put it in mutual funds. What made you comfortable in investing in this strange asset class called multifamily syndications?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what made us comfortable is two things. We had no debt. And... I was networking because I had my real estate license and I met so many people who were in the multifamily syndication space. And so I quickly drank the Kool-Aid and was like, if they could do it, I could do this. So it was the reassurance of local peers and listening to podcasts that it could be something that could actually replace my corporate salary really quickly.
0: So it's interesting. So you grew your comfort level simply by surrounding yourself with people that are in the space, uh, either in person or podcasts or books. And after a while, you're like, "Huh, all right, I think I wrap my head around this stuff." And then, what did you guys do? How did you guys get started passively investing in uh, in syndications?
1: Yeah. So how we got started passively investing in syndications is we met some really great experienced operators. Like we met went to one of your properties, Michael, and met you in person. Um, and then we met other experienced syndicators and operators and vetted out opportunities and chose ones that met our risk tolerance and started deploying some of that capital that we had saved up from an equity standpoint.
0: Now, how do you go finding uh, good operators to invest with and how do you know it's a good one?
1: Great question. So I look at, again, this is just me, I look at track record, I look at online reviews, I look at their marketing and sales efforts because that's my background. I I Google to see if they have any lawsuits. I look to see Mm -hmm. where are their properties, how are they managed, and then when you meet experienced operators in person, you can ask them about their asset management strategy and could even ask for references if needed and really feel out culturally if they're a good fit and explore their track record. So
0: in order to ask those questions, you don't necessarily have to understand the ins and outs of analyzing a deal, doing due diligence, but you do have to know enough to ask those questions. And how did you know what questions to ask?
1: Great question. So I researched, I read books about, for example, I read your book, (laughs) Financial Freedom, and you have a list of questions in there of how to vet out different syndicators and operators. And so I I would literally go through and ask these questions and it's really easy to tell who knows their stuff and who doesn't and then you make a short list of the people who actually can back up their claims with their track record and references and it's easy to to see who you should invest with from there
0: so you at one point did you um replace your corporate salary because I know I know uh you you actually quit your job at one point and then you also started becoming a more of an active investor. I don't know when when did, when did those two things happen?
1: Yeah. So I resigned from my corporate job in April 2019 and then became mm-hmm. more of an active syndicator. So we had passively invested in one syndication after that and we're getting monthly distributions and then two girlfriends and I Pulled together financial resources to pay cash for an
0: 18 unit. Interesting. So you put together a little bit of a partnership and you bought an 18 18 unit. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the last day at work. How how was that? Was that weird? Was it a non-event? What what was it like? Uh,
1: It was kind of like you're leaving the matrix to get super (laughs) nerdy. Be like, okay, I'm gonna go take the red pill. You all have fun staying plugged in. Let me know when you're ready to leave. But it was it was surreal because I' had this idea of leaving Corporate America since I was 10 to go be an entrepreneur. So it was the culmination of a lot of goals and aspirations and the bittersweetness of I'm leaving a corporate position and hopefully leaving things better than I found it and leaving a great team behind.
0: How did your coworkers or even your family and friends react to this?
1: Yeah. So my family has been really supportive and my in-laws have been really supportive, but some coworkers just don't understand. And that's totally, I get it. It's hard to understand the power of syndication when there's so much marketing and influence and things that pressure you to stay in the rat race. So.
0: yeah, okay. So how, how is your life different now? I mean, it's, it's, I'm always curious to see how people spend their newfound freedom. How are things different for you for you guys now?
1: Yeah, so the biggest difference is I get to spend so much more time volunteering. So I still wake up, I still do the miracle morning routine. I still I spend so many hours at work, but I really get to set my own schedule. I get to control my own time. I spend more time with my daughter than I ever thought possible. But I get to spend a lot of time volunteering and making a difference in organizations that I love. So
0: that's fantastic. That's yeah. that's great. Now, so you you said you got active uh, active investing. How, what did that look like for you when you say you became active?
1: Yeah. So what that looked like for me was using your syndicated deal analyzer and networking with brokers and underwriting. 10 deals a day submitting two LOIs on ones that looked interesting and appealing and where the numbers worked out and continuing to rinse and repeat. So in 2019, I underwrote close to 300 different apartment buildings. I just kept going and building relationships and submitting offerings. And that's what it looked like for me
0: so wait a minute so so you did you guys do it do your first deal then is that is that yeah, a deal that you sourced
1: yep one of the ones that we sourced that 18 unit was the one that with that is team
0: fantastic team. now you've recently been focusing your effort on scaling your capital raise uh, ability um, and you joined our platform builder program but why did you do that
1: yeah great question so with my background in sales and marketing i knew the easiest thing that you can do to scale your business is to focus on sales and marketing and especially automate the way that leads are generated and booked on your calendar. The other reason why I chose to do it this year was I'm a mom of a three-year-old and a global pandemic happened and I became an entrepreneur and a full-time preschool teacher and just mm. didn't have capacity to build out the technology stack that was needed so that when I wake up in the morning, my calendar is full.
0: Well, and and you actually started going down your own path, right? You started building a technology stack. You're like, like, and you decided to come with a platform builder because we kind of do it for you. Yes. And you're like, you know, know, yeah. So why did you again? Why did you do that? Because you were already on the path of building out your own, you know, tech stack.
1: I was already on a path to build it out, and I wanted something done for me so that I could spend more Mm -hmm. time on my business than in my business
0: but you need that core platform because you need the automations you need to be able to to, to capture leads you need to have the the automatic emails mm-hmm. um, and so so we got that out of the way quickly and now you are able to spend uh, the focus on just promoting yourself yeah. and your and your business now you, you told me some crazy number recently that you got a cuz a whole thing about the automations is that people find you and you know they they become educated by you and eventually they schedule a call with you so they want to invest with you and you had how many how many uh, calls yeah, you getting so- pro- I
1: was getting 30 to 37 calls with prospective investors a week. And to me, it was overwhelming because before I was having maybe one or two calls a week and I would really have to network and cold call and build relationships to get that. And now people are just finding me. And so (laughs) it's crazy. I'll I'll go to bed at night and my calendar will be half full and then I'll wake up and it's full. And I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I'm calling all these people I don't know for the day and. And that's the power of the platform.
0: Exactly. Right now. How how are people, how are you attracting people? How are people coming to your website and and then downloading your, your, your freebie? How, what are you doing to promote yourself in that way?
1: Yeah. So some of the things that I've been doing is social media posts, blogging, um, creating video content, having weekly webinars, I've also sponsored several real estate events. I'm speaking on podcasts. I'm interviewing and going to in-person events where it's safe to go to <laughs> during this global time. So yeah, it's just a matter of filling my funnel and promoting that free download in a couple of different arenas so that my my platform shines.
0: So now you can go out and you can talk about yourself and uh, you can draw. What is your, what's your free download? What's, what's the name of the talent, uh, lead magnet that uh, you decided to create?
1: Yeah. So the name of the lead magnet that I decided to create was the no nonsense guide for women in investing. So,
0: okay. Yeah. So no nonsense guides. Okay. So great. So who is your ideal avatar? So I'm um, just, so we're going to talk a lot more about platform building, but the ideal avatar is kind of like your ideal investor and in the platform builder program we talk a lot about who that is mm-hmm. and uh, you decided who is your who's your ideal avatar your yeah. ideal investor
1: yeah so my ideal investor ideal avatar is a woman who's between 40 and 55 years old she has a really successful career she's worked in either healthcare business technology or an entrepreneurship role she's the primary breadwinner for her family and she is gritty so most likely she's played sports in high school and college, and she knows how to get stuff done.
0: Is that maybe, are you describing yourself a little bit, Megan? Uh, yeah,
1: just... I am. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. There's a lot of overlap there.
0: I love it. What was your avatar before you came in there? Was it the same or was it slightly different?
1: No, before my avatar, I thought, you know, any person that was interested in real estate investing in Fogamere and, you know, what had some sort of capital and made any kind of income range and, The platform builder program really helped me narrow that down and create and carve out a niche, which is so, so helpful because I'm spending the bulk of my time talking to my avatar instead of talking to people that aren't a great fit for who I'm. What the type of investments doing? Exactly.
0: You have so much in common with these people. You yeah. put your own story out there and you attract this person, this avatar, this woman. And it's like it's like you have so much to talk about and so many multiple, and it makes the conversation easy. You get along quickly mm-hmm. versus you having, you know, a conversation with a, you know, a professional athlete only because we had one on the platform builder. <laughs> you're not gonna have a conversation with a professional athlete. It's like yeah. like I don't I don't even know what this, you know, I don't even say. So now you're basically talking to people who are who have a lot of things in common with you. And so when you put out your content, you're attracting people. And when they get to your website and you have your lead magnet, the no nonsense guide for uh for women investors or whatever, they're like, I'm a I'm a no-nonsense, you know, I'm a I'm a woman investor. I'm smart, I get stuff done, and they're gonna download that thing and uh and they're gonna get uh and you can get the email from them. And then how do the automations work behind the scenes to get them to uh, keep it high level, Megan. I know you, like <laughs> me, get very excited, but high level, how does yeah. one get from the download of that freebie to schedule a call with you on your calendar?
1: Yeah. So what happens is they go to my website, they download the freebie, they get an automated email. So an instantaneous email that says, great, here's your PDF of the free download. And then I will follow up with them in what's called a drip marketing campaign at a certain cadence to encourage them to do a number of things. So to book a call with me to download additional content and work through that, that customer journey that ultimately encouraged them to join our club or our investing club and schedule that time with me.
0: And these things are all happening behind the scenes. So the automation is basically do all these things It kicks off emails. If someone actually schedules a call, then we don't bother them about scheduling a call. We bother okay. them about, you know, join the club or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know? And so this is why people just magically show up on your calendar. Who's these people? Who are these people on my calendar? How do they get there? Oh gosh, it's my automations. And that's really what I love about technology and the marketing automations. And then really it, the only thing that you need to do now is focus on content. Mm-hmm. content creation on a regular basis. And how do you do that? How How do you create content regularly?
1: Great question. So I block off certain hours every day to write content. and I manage it all in an online platform, use Trello, to keep track of here's all of my ideas, here's what's in the works, here's what's being edited, and then here's what's ready to be published. And so looking at that, and then I also look at what are people searching for uh, and how can I answer some of those questions and provide content centered around what people are looking for.
0: So you're creating blog posts and then you're emailing them out and you're putting out on social media Mm -hmm. and then people find that content and they click through and go to your website, download the magnet and end up on your calendar. Yeah. Brilliant. So great. It's so great. Oh, that's amazing. Um, have you been able to exercise, you know, rev your, your platform building engine for any kind of deals or money raises, uh, at all or not yet? I
1: have. Yes.
0: You have. I have. Great.
1: Yeah, it works great. So <laughs> <laughs> we we're in the process of closing on an $18 million, 506 uh, C offering right now. And then we have successfully closed on a $49 million apartment building where we raised over $18 million for that. And it's been really, really fun to watch money come in in a shorter window when it used to take weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And so the integrations in this platform with all of the investor management software has been so seamless.
0: Yeah. Describe the process before and after, because I mean, I've seen it in my own company and we first got started. It was a, it was a tedious, painful email calling, chasing, conniving, you know, and, and now it's, so I explained that before the, before you guys did a raise and then now with the platform.
1: Yeah. So before when I would do a raise, I would essentially old school call everyone and then text and then track all my progress in Excel and then have Mm -hmm. this to do this Excel spreadsheet Olympics and then provide updates and then figure out who I followed up with and who I didn't. And now that I have the platform builder platform, it's all in one centralized content resource management tool. And I can follow up with leads, I can send out an email and see who is engaged with that email and they're automatically put on a customer journey based on that outcome. So if they open the email, submit a soft commit, then I know I need to follow up with them and say, Great, sign the PPM, wire your funds, we're good to go. And if someone doesn't sign the PPM or submit a soft commit, I can follow up with them, but not as frequently as someone who does submit that soft commit. So it's really great at identifying where should I be spending 80% of my time and where should I be spending 20% of my time.
0: So you guys doing live webinars as well?
1: Yep, we did.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you're doing a live webinar, you're presenting a deal, and then the call to action is uh, submit your soft commit, and they go to a form, they say, I want to invest whatever, $50,000, mm-hmm. and then so you have all these soft, quote soft commits coming in, mm-hmm. and which is super helpful because, you know, within a few minutes, uh, or maybe an hour, you at least you know kind of where your audience is at. Is it right. 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, and that's super useful, and now you chase uh, the other people who have not submitted their soft commit, so you get some automations going on over here. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... The people who have submitted soft commits, you're now sending them a series of automations to get them into the investment process. Mm-hmm. Are you guys? Uh, you guys are using investor portal to help automate that as well. No, or we're are using you guys doing an
1: it? investor portal. Uh, we use investor okay. deal room to automate all of that. Okay. Push people towards. Okay, you submitted the soft commit. Now we need you to sign the PPM and submit your accreditation electronically. That's verified by a third party. And now we need you to wire mm-hmm. your funds and chase them to follow up each step. So. What used to be a series of emails and phone calls and so tedious to track all of that in my inbox and Excel is now in one easy to use place where yeah. anyone can see where things are happening in real time.
0: It's magical. Like I, I still can't, I still can't believe it. You know, within a day or two, you have millions of dollars in a bank account. You're like, whoa, because all these automations are, are, are happening there. It's magical. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Here's what I love about this stuff, because we're really uh, collectively educating people about this asset class and and out of the stock market, which is, you know, I think fundamentally broken and doesn't really serve the investors. Mm -hmm. And so I love what you're doing about your content. You're you're targeting a specific avatar that not many people are uh, at all it's kind of a completely underserved mar- uh, market. Mm-hmm. And you're getting the benefit of that because I think you're one of the few people that are actually speaking to, you know, uh, working women uh, like that, which is awesome. And so mm-hmm. you're actually serving them.
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm, yeah, it's a huge void. And I'm really excited to serve other working women and, and provide a way that they can continue to capitalize on their investments.
0: Well, it's been great to see what uh, you really took to bull by the horns, right? I mean, uh, you, you probably showed a less resistance than the average syndicator, though. <laughs> I, I would say the majority of, of syndicators who come into our, our program, you know, you know they, they resist everything. They resist technology. They resist writing. They resist creating videos. But by the time we're done with them... Ah, they're content creating machines. Now, you were already kind of predisposed to it anyway. And and so I kind of got it. But it's it's, it's awesome to see even in your own graduating class, you know, the transformation of the people before they came in and what they're doing now, even the ones that started earlier in the year, you're like, I can't believe this is the same person. And it's just really awesome. It's just great what you uh, what you guys uh, have done uh, with the platform builder, and really, you know, you're raising more money, but you're also serving more people as well. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you uh, coming on, showing, sharing these experiences with you. And now you can say where people can find you, and we can state the name of your uh, lead magnet again.
1: <laughs> yeah. So people can find me at meganlamkey forward slash grit g r i t. So and Megan Lamkey is spelled M E G A N. L-A-M-K-E.
0: Awesome. And then you can download that fantastic lead magnet. That looks fantastic. (laughs) So awesome, Megan. I love your enthusiasm. Love what you're doing it. And I I just can't wait to see what you're going to do moving forward.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. And thank you for being an inspiration to myself and so many others.
0: So if you too want to scale your ability to raise capital and check out our Platform Builder program, go to platformbuilders.com. Uh, we have a workshop opening in October. In fact, there's a, a live webinar October 28th where we kind of go deep on platform building. And uh, if you'd like, you can learn that more about our Platform Builder program. That'll open up towards the end of October, early November that Megan has gone through. So again, if you've raised some money, $500,000, seven fifty, dollars and you want to scale that up like Megan has, this might be a program for you. Or if you haven't, but you really want to start your business uh, and scale it from day one, this could be something uh, really powerful to you. Again, our promise is to help you 10x your capital raise and really scale your your syndication business by building an online thought leadership platform, uh, like we talked about here on the show. So platformbuilders.com is a place to, to go for that. Uh, if you'd rather just invest passively, that's fine too. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Megan has done both of that. And we'd love to have a conversation with you. Our investment firm is Nighthawk Equity. You can go to nighthawkequity.com forward slash join or just click the join button to join our investment club. You can fill out a short form there and then schedule a call with us. And once we do that, we can speak to you about some upcoming opportunities. Uh, we closed one uh, a little bit over a month ago and uh, we're constantly working on new opportunities to provide consistent and uh, investment opportunities for our investors. So it's nighthawkequity.com forward slash join. So anyway, I hope you found that inspiring story that Megan had to get out of debt to, you know, sacrifice a little bit and look where she is now. It's amazing. And sometimes we just want instant gratification. If we just if we just hold off on that just a little bit, the rewards can be very, very powerful. And if we don't, we actually can never get there. We just tread water all the time. So I think Megan is a great model for uh, living modestly and and, and getting debt free and then uh, doing putting the excess into multifamily syndications, which generates uh, cash flow and appreciation, and less taxes. So I hope you were inspired uh, by that as well. So great. So thanks for your time. Appreciate it and catch you next episode.